The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti, and this is the top five most listened to moments in 2022 on the EP Podcast. I think you'll notice from the five most listened to moments on the show, the most listeners checking out these portions of the EP Podcast, the stats right in front of me, that it was a wild year in 22. And what better way to celebrate it right here with a crowd at a big event, Mug Club event at Open Outcry, Evergreen Parks, unofficial brewery right outside of the EP at 109th and Western Avenue. This is all brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, who invest in the Evergreen Park community. After all, they love this area as much as you do. Plus, with their total access checking account, you get free ATMs, $300 bonus with qualifying activities, paired with their mobile banking tools and award-winning customer service, switching to a true community bank has never been easier. Get in there today, the iconic building at 95th and Pulaski. Check out the big giant tree in there. It's beautiful in the lobby. $100 required to open up that account. Member FDIC. John Brand, having a party for the holidays. This is perfect for this episode. A small secret party, yes. Yeah, so here's, I'm going to kind of describe this. You have a mug club here at Open Outcry. Yep. And uh, you decided right before the, the Christmas weekend to kind of have like a like a little private event for your mug clubbers. Tell a, me about this. A little impromptu new mug club. Am I giving club? way too much as you did this? No, you're not. Right. It's, no, no, no. It's Christmas. I'm in the Christmas spirit. It's a little impromptu All the doors new. are locked except for one. You kind of have to slide in the side door. There's a party going on here. We started closing on Tuesdays uh, earlier in the fall, and we have a great mug club uh, membership here. We have a great mug club community. I think what we're going to do is maybe once or twice a month, we're going to have all the mug club members up here on Tuesdays when we're closed. Yeah. And I'm going to bartend. I don't know if you call this bartending. I'm not sure. You're very you slow. Okay. I, I feel know. like you need help. I don't know if you call this. We bartending may need to have not. celebrity bartenders that get back there with you on these <laughs> nights. Well, like you, you're I'll back here with in. me right yeah. now. I already offered. Yeah. But we have a great mug club community. Um, we have o- almost 300 mug club members. Our mugs are custom made by a local potter named Dan McCabe. Dan's been on the show before. We've talked to him. Oh, that's right. Terry's over at Core Fitness in Evergreen Park. We've talked to her before. I know the McCabe's. Well, McCabe's are big EP podcasts. This community has been incredibly supportive of this brewery, and I thought, you know, maybe once, twice a month, let's get everybody in here. We'll drink some beers. I'll bartend. We'll have we'll have a good time, and that's That's what tonight was. So, thank you for coming. By the way, no, thank you for you're a Mud Club member yourself. I am. You know who the one of the first Mud Club members here is? This guy over here. This guy right here. All right, let's meet him. What's your name, man? Uh, Chris Gonzalez. All right, so uh, you're mug number 24. So you're you're an OG, is what you are, and you I would imagine you are there before Dan McCabe was told to have a standard size mug because remember early on you told me somebody's mug's got a little big. Does he have a big mug? How big's your uh, mug? Mine's a little small. I do have I do have club uh, mug envy right now. So you got some mug envy. Mine's a little small. Oh yeah, that guy's got a huge number. Sixty-five's got the biggest mug I've ever seen. But he may be one of the he may be one of the biggest people I've ever seen too. What's your name, man? Trevor. How how tall are you? Six seven, my friend. And uh, how you mind if I ask how much you weigh? Oh, asking for girth. That's very classy of you. Uh, about uh, about three twenty. And how much you bench? Uh, about 
420. I knew this guy was a beast. He's, and he's got a monster mug. Former, His hands for, are like baseball gloves. Former and the NCAA mug is, football The, the mug fits him. He played yeah. NCAA football. He played NCAA football. Who'd you play for? Fair State University Bulldogs, back-to-back Division II national champions. <laughs> Look it up, baby. There you go. Just won it. That's awesome. He's, he's a Mug Club member. You got some characters hanging out we inside do. this place. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, let's get this countdown going. The most listened to moments on the EP podcast in 2022. Number five is when Evergreen Park's own Don Paul jumped on the phone with Village Trustees Mark Marzullo and Norm Anderson. He and Norm went to school together. It was back in February when the ball player joined up with two EP trustees for a little bit of fun on the EP podcast. And Norm has brought on his good friend because you guys went to high school, right, Don? How are you? Absolutely. Doing great. Doing great. I, I remember uh, blocking for Norm as he was running back in high school football. You know, I, I was, yeah, I, I was probably time. responsible for him for getting all the yards. So you, you played football <laughs> hey, by the way, Norm. Hey, by the way, Don, you did a great job for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You did, you did not get hurt, so it's a good thing. No, 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 no. You got hurt, and I just kept going. So, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it, buddy. You're welcome. So, I got to ask you here. I'm going to put Norm on the spot and also. Do you know Mark Marzullo as well? You know him? He's yeah. from the na- we know each other from the neighborhood. From the neighborhood. Southwest right. guys. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I got to ask you this. So, they had a new ball field, a couple of new ball fields put in over at Evergreen Park High School. And oh my God. and, and yeah. at this ball field, this beautiful ball field, you went to Evergreen Park High School, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at this ball field, they bring up their big celebrity guest, and instead of it being Don Paul, it's Ron Kittle from the White Sox, who never went to Evergreen <laughs> Park. I don't understand what's going on here. What did these guys forget about you? I don't know. I think they, somebody who put it together knew Kittle. So they got Kittle out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. And they, they gave me a nice tour about a month later, which was awesome. They go by and see the school and the field, and I, I just can't get over that field. I mean, just. I mean, it's better than most college fields. It's, 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 you know, playing baseball at Evergreen, it's a step down to go to college and play baseball somewhere. It's unbelievable. Hey, Dan, you know what? I remember we were talking at, uh, I know you took a, a tour to field, but they got a fitness center in there that is unreal. Oh, yeah. It, it's legit. Yeah. And I heard they got something where, where the old Evergreen Park Bath and Tennis Club or something. They got like a, a workout place over there, too. High school bought it. It's beautiful over there. They're, they're doing the same type of efforts they're doing over at the high school. Just everything. I mean, where are they getting all this money from over there? Uh, from the three guys sitting in the basement. Yeah, from our <laughs> from, from the citizens. How do you think Norm Anderson have money left over for this? <laughs> all right, so Don, I got to ask you this question here. You knew you knew Norm in high school. Tell me a little bit about him. Was he oh, was boy. he bad at history because he has yet to win? Bad at everything. He's yet to win a trivia. We have a trivia competition between these two guys when they come in here. There's buzzers and everything, and Norm is never beaten. Mark Marzullo. In a head-to-head Evergreen Park trivia contest, was he good in school? <laughs> Norm, Norm, uh, I mean, he's, he's been in Evergreen his whole life, so he should be very good at it. I don't know. <laughs> hey, don't know Don, thank say. you, thank you so much, Ray. I really appreciate it. I really do, Don. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't he wasn't the top ten in his class or nothing, but he's still okay. Oh God, no. <laughs> Top 10, man. You're giving me credit on that one. So so let me, I, I've asked Don this question before. Uh, I think it might have been one when he was on the EP podcast before. Uh, and we talked about Evergreen Park and we talked about when he, he made it to the majors. And 
you know, people get real excited when there's a major league baseball players from their hometown. Either one of these guys ever hit you up for tickets, Dan? No, you know something? Nobody really hit me up for tickets at all. Seriously, nobody ever really did. And, and, and my tickets were pretty much all spoken for the whole time because growing up there, I had my own family. My, my parents came to every single game. My wife came to every game. My, her, her parents came to every game. You know, so besides my family, it's like, okay, I only get six tickets anyway, so it's tough to get any extra tickets to start with. But no, nobody ever hit me up for tickets, but they were all in the in the stands there, uh, you know, yelling at me, cheering me on and stuff. It was, it was really cool. They had everybody right there still. Hey, Dan, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Remember when uh, I went to the game and Matt was born and he was like three? And uh, yeah, yeah. you were on the field. So I'm standing next to the guy. I'm trying to wave you down. And uh, yeah. you, t- you took Matt, and he goes, you're not going to get him over there. So you came over and grabbed Matt and put him on the field. And I'm like, Don, you got to watch me just take off. And he took off to center field, and you had to chase him down. It was hysterical. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only time I ever got on the field was disco demolition. So, <laughs> Were you on the field for disco demolition? He was there. We were there. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I was there too, but I didn't go on the field. I was, I was in the stands. Like you were the only person uh, yeah. in the stands, from what I can see in the video, Don. If that's M- the case, must have, yeah. must have been, yeah. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service—these are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial Representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Checking in for Open Outcry for the five most listened to moments on the EP podcast in 2022. Evergreen Park Zone, Abby Murphy, finding out that she made the U.S. Olympic team. She will eventually go on to win the silver medal. They name a street after her, and she grand marshals the parade in July. But this is when she got on the line with the EP podcast right after finding out she had made the Olympic team. It is moment number four of 2022. A hometown girl from Evergreen Park just put on the U.S. Olympic hockey team. Abby Murphy joins us right here on the EP Podcast. How are you, Abby? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Happy to be back on. I'm so happy to have you on. The last time we talked to you was down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar. Uh, You know, the idea of the Olympics, I think, was a goal. It was something you were hopeful for. It was something that you, you felt like you could do but it was still something that was off on the horizon and there were an awful lot of hurdles to kind of jump over. And now we find out you're an Olympian. I mean, how did it feel when you found that out officially that you were going to go play for the U S of a, yeah, honestly, I didn't really know how to feel at first. I mean, it's a dream come true. Uh, something I've been looking forward to since I was a little kid, since I started playing hockey, I mean, but just being there with my, with my teammates and, being able to do this with them, it's it's going to be an awesome time. So it's been a crazy ride. So what, what was the process like? I know that it took a long time. I know that there was a point where I want to say six months or so or, or even earlier than that, people had this idea that you were already on the team and you weren't, you weren't exactly there yet. You were close. You were, you were in the running and then uh, they, they decided to make their selections. Like how long is the process for somebody who's up for an opportunity 
to be on an Olympic team to actually get selected onto the team? It seems to me like you go through a lot. Yeah, I mean, obviously it takes a while um, to get noticed, and then I made the world team, and that was a that was a big part, a big a big uh, part for me, and I think that's kind of when it all started uh, when they start to really look at you. But I mean, it all really starts when residency is chosen um, in October. But even before that, like that tryout, um, it's pretty big. Yeah, you've you've tried out, I'm sure, for for teams before in your life, and but you've always struck me as somebody who's super confident. You know, I mean, like when you sat down here, I was all, I was struck by it when you were on the show last time and you were sitting down, you were like, you know, you know that you have a talent like you're not you're 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 not pompous. You're humble, but, you know, you have a talent. Was that was that the most nerve wracking thing that you've you've gone through, like trying out for the Olympic team, knowing that you had this whole journey just to get to this point, And then it was time to actually go out there and, and show everybody what you had. Oh, gosh, yeah, it was the. So- Probably the most most uh, nervous thing I've had to go through my whole life, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously been a long, probably, what, eight, seven, eight months. Um, but I made it, so couldn't be happier. I mean, wouldn't be here without a lot of people. So, I mean, this is just a start. Yeah, you're right at the you're right at the beginning of it, and and I'm wondering what it's like for you as one of the younger members now. I mean, you're you're brand new on this team. You're a young member on this team. There are people that are on this team that have played in multiple Olympics. Like, do you get starstruck on your own team? Do you, do you, did you, did you meet a couple of the, the, the higher ups there on that team USA and go, wow, I can't believe I'm sharing the ice with them. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I still think about it every day. <laughs> like I'm friends with them now. And it's just like, obviously I don't, they're my the leaders on this team and I never take that for granted. I mean they're they're the best role models I can get. Kendall, Hillary, Decker, I mean, there's more than them, but it it's huge. And for me to be a part of that and be a younger one learning from them, it's it's important and they're paving way for me and I'm gonna pave a way for the next generation too. Well, I would imagine that you, I mean, you pick their brains, right? I mean, like if I, like I, I would imagine if you end up on a team like that, you get to a point in practice, you go up next to them and you're just trying to learn something, right? Like it's like if I'm, if I'm next to them, if I'm working out with them, like I might pick something up, right? Oh yeah, all the time. But they'll pick, they'll pick on me too once in a while. Oh, you get the, you get the rookie hazing? I mean, not, not bad, but they'll mess around here and there, but it's, it's all fun and jokes, but we, we have fun. And I would imagine as much as your father's upset that he will not be able to go overseas and watch you in person. He is going to be the king of Evergreen Park, I would imagine, during the Olympics, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, he is. I know he will be. Yeah, I know everyone at home will be cheering, too. He has been nothing but great to me, and I, I owe it to all, everyone back home uh, rooting and cheering for me. I've heard nothing but great things from everyone, and I'm lucky to live in such a great town. That is the fourth most listened to moment on the EP podcast in 2022. The numbers don't lie. It's all brought to you by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard. Cool Clouds wants to offer you an alternative full taster bar. Great CBD products. Brand new location, 3148 West 95th Street. That's right at the corner of 95th and Kedzie. See more at coolcloudsvapor.com. We're out at Open Outcry. What is this conversation? The request was for Malort. At no, the there'll bar. be no Malort at there the bar. There will be no Malort. Nobody at this wants bar. to drink something like that. That's awful. Like, oh yeah, hey, can I drink something that tastes like vomit going in and going out? Like, I mean, nobody, nobody wants that. That's a terrible idea. All right, so um, I see Eric Padilla standing back here. 
Can we can we try to get him on? He's your brewer. Can yeah, we ask him? For sure. Because uh, because by the time that this airs, by the time that this airs, uh, hi Eric, how are you? Stouts are coming out. Okay, just yes. in time. Okay. Yeah. In fact, for, we're we're talking on a Tuesday. Uh, this is uh, this episode's coming out a week later. Christmas is over, but the stouts should still be here on tap. What can people find during stout season at Open Outcry? Um, so I'm, we're we're tapping tomorrow, uh, December twenty first. Uh, it's going to be barrel aged dark pool uh, with Madagascar bourbon vanilla. Ooh. Um, it's also going to be on nitro, so it's okay. going to be like a really nice creamy, like velvety mouthfeel. It gives the beer like a nice, like if you ever had like a Guinness where it's like kind of creamy like that. Yeah. So just imagine that, but with like an Imperial Stout, uh, you know, very little to no carbonation. So you're going to get a, a lot of that flavor coming through, uh, very silky. Um, so we're going to have the vanilla on first and then uh, a few variants. We're going to have the base beer on as well. And then later on, I'm going to be playing out with some more uh, adjuncts to, to make some other kegs in the next few weeks so it's awesome yeah. listen i uh i heard about it you're you're canning you're working out this thing with noon whistle john's already talked about on the show on the last episode that he was on uh so you've been out to the other brewery to increase how much beer you can put out because it's going to be in cans it's going to be uh, you know in a lot of liquor stores around town i hear binnie's is going to have it and, and and john was telling me something like 30 or 40 restaurants are going to have open outcry on tap on the south side are you excited? This is like a big stage for you. Ten months oh, here yeah. at I mean, Open it's, Outcry, it's, uh, and, and now it's getting big. It's definitely, you know, definitely something I'm, I'm very looking forward to. It's also a little, you know, daunting, you know, yeah. like seeing, like, how much work. I mean, it's, for me, I take it very seriously, and, you know, like, I just want it to come out as close to as possible as how I envision the beer from here at Open Outcry to the mass production, you know? Um I think it's going to be a good showing for our first try. Uh, there's always going to be room for improvements. I'm always my worst critic. But uh, I really hope that people enjoy our first Open Outcry's first uh, retail offering. Different locations, liquor stores, bars, restaurants, etc. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. The third most listened to moment on the EP podcast in 2022 Village trustee Mark Marzullo came down here in November and talked to us a little bit about the Evergreen Park Police Department. Take a listen. I understand this, I think, a little bit. I spent 10 years as a Cook County 911 dispatcher and dispatch supervisor. But when I read the blurb put out by the village, I was like, some people might not know what this is. And it's this series of cameras that the police department has kind of placed around entry points around Evergreen Park. I'm sure the trustees kind of know about this program. And I think immediately people go, cameras? What kind of cameras are these? I would think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, these are the kind of things that are scanning license plates. And this kind of technology has been on police cars for a while now. It used to be a cop would pull up behind a car and have to type in the plate or go over to radio and say, run this plate for me. And now they're putting this technology on the cars where it just scans the cars. And if there's something attached to the car, like the guy who drives it has a warrant or the car is stolen or the car is suspected in some sort of crime, they get a ding and then they know to go pull over that car and check out what's going on with the vehicle. And it seems like the technology is being used here to keep track of vehicles coming in and out of Evergreen, if you have somebody, say, coming in from Chicago, 
causing a crime, escaping back into Chicago, you're able to see these vehicles moving in and out and it's easier to make arrests. That's true. Our police, you know, our police are, are, are very, very busy and the technology descri- described, we are implementing in our village to scan license plates electronically. And I, I just can't comprehend how fast these machines work. Um, it's incredible technology that they, they, they use. I, I remember when it first started showing up when we were a dispatcher, you'd be sitting there going, wow, they, how are these guys catching so many things? Like, are they just driving around typing until somebody explained to me like, no, I got one of these new cars with the plate reader right. and the plate reader just, just read, they're just driving along. They're driving along, listening to the radio. And then all of a sudden something pops up and tells them like this one up here, that this one's part of a, you know, a kidnapping or an Amber alert, or, you know, this, this vehicle over here, this, the, the person who owns this car, you know, is wanted and, and, the, and it, and gives them that kind of information. So these aren't something that's filming citizens. No, this walking is not around intrusion like on that. privacy. Right. This is scanning license plates. And if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to worry about. You know, our position uh, and the mayor's position, I'm sure is the same is that we will do everything we can to protect the citizens of Evergreen Park. We got a lot of trouble two or three miles away from us. A lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. And it's great because we have this technology. We have probably, under the leadership of Mike Saunders, without a doubt, one of the finest, most disciplined police departments ever. And their job, those, those young men and young women are dedicated to protecting the citizens of Evergreen Park. That's why... You don't have the trouble that you see everywhere else because the bad guys know one thing. If you come to Evergreen Park, number one, you're going to get caught. And if you don't get caught, we'll follow up and catch you. Because, you know, there's so many crimes in the city and there's there, there's there's problems and there's murders and there, the detectives and everybody are overwhelmed and things get lost in the, in the shuffle. They don't get lost in the shuffle in Evergreen Park. When there's a major incident, our detectives work night and day and I'd say probably they have about a 99.9% ratio of finding the bad guy. Have you been injured at work? Then you need someone who will fight for the care and compensation you deserve. The insurance companies will look out for themselves and their bottom lines, not you. I'm Matthew Coleman, partner and head of the work injury department at the law offices of Parenti and Norm. My team and I have the experience, dedication, and proven results it takes to fight for your rights. Call or text me today at 312-641-5926 or visit us on the web at pninjurylaw.com. Back out here at Open Outcry, 109th and Western, uh, having a pretty good time. Uh, Eric is the brewer, John is the owner. These people are at the bar drinking a lot of beer. It's the holiday season. Brewers always tell me, don't make me pick between my children, but I know which one of my kids is the best one, and I know which one is the worst. W- what's your what's your beer right now that you're loving the most that you got here at Open Outcry? Oh, man. Um, so, like, the, la- the latest ones that I tapped uh, are the Hellas, Hellas Lager. I'm pretty happy with it for being the first time we brewed here. Um, this latest batch of Citrium, our hazy... That's what I'm uh, drinking. Hazy IPA, yeah. uh, all You're Citra. picking all your kids, though. Come on. The Hellas, the Citrium, um, what are we picking? You know, and, and, and you know, like, I've been tweaking uh, Speculator as well. I think this is my favorite batch of Speculator so far that I brewed here. You, so. you know, that was something that was here before mm. you got here. I'm mm. sure you put a little, you, you changed it a little bit. All brewers yeah. add their stuff to it, so you're, you're mm. liking it now. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly tweaking a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Very yeah. good, man. Well, hey. You're doing a great job. Congratulations Thank on you. the expansion and stuff like that. And yeah. thanks for jumping on. Okay? Looking forward to it. Yeah. 
Thank you. So uh, I let it out of the bag a little bit there, uh, and I'm sorry, I should have let you give the announcement, but I'm talking to Eric about the expansion, and you had mentioned last time you were on the EP podcast about how like you guys were working with Noon Whistle, and you were going to end up like in different bars, and, and you were going to be on different yeah. store shelves, yeah. and now Binnie's, you signed a deal with them, right? That's, well, Binnie's agreed to carry our beer in Evergreen Park, which we're incredibly, incredibly excited for. This is a big deal for us. We've been a brew pub now for five years, and we're limited by the capacity that we have here at 109th and Western, right? There's just not a lot of room to expand here. So uh, we have good friends at Noon Whistle. Noon Whistle is just an exceptionally run and professional and uh, scale brewery located. Uh, they have a couple locations, but we're brewing out of their production space out of Naperville. We're going to package our beer there. It's going to be kegs and cans. It's going to be in liquor stores on the south side. It's going to be bars and restaurants on the south side. This is the next step in our evolution, and it's incredibly exciting. This is why we started the brew pub. We want to grow a beer brand on the south side. We want to make beer at scale for the south side. We want the people to drink our beer from the south side, made by south siders. And it's just, it's a really exciting thing. So, yeah, starting. Mid-January, you're going to start to see our beer in shelves and bars and restaurants and liquor stores. Binnie's on 95th Street. Porter Collins on 99th. Uh, these folks have uh, Baracco's. Nick Baracco is going to carry our beer as well. So we're just we're just super excited. That's awesome. That's it really is. Cool. It is awesome. It really is. It's the top five most listened to moments on the EP podcast based upon the numbers that we get back whenever anybody downloads the show. We look at listener minutes. The last two moments, though, the last two episodes that they're from, huge numbers. People really wanted to listen to those shows. Number two involves an interview with our mayor. Number one, really tell you how far we have come from all of the drama at the beginning of 2022. But let's get to number two. In late May of this year, Mayor Kelly Burke appeared on the show to talk about a brand new housing development going in in the Southwest Quadrant. There were hearings. There was open discussion. There were an awful lot of people that called the mayor's office. There was so much around this thing that it feels like everybody in the village clicked on this episode. What it looks like is happening is the activity center at 98... 3220 to 3240. So it's the former church, um, United by Faith Church, and then that whole property which is bounded by the activity center and then that big parking lot in the middle. Okay, the village on the 2nd of May before a regular board of trustee meeting called a zoning board meeting, which is not a thing that normally happens, but you call this meeting and you look to rezone it for the purpose of selling it to a developer to put in a development there that would be basically townhouses. Take me through Correct. what the plan is right now. What was that meeting about? Sure. So that meeting, there was a, a the area is zoned A residential right now, which only allows for single family homes. And um, under this proposal, which was an application by the developer to have it rezoned to B, which would allow what are called single family attached homes also known as townhomes. And so it's, uh, you know, if you've ever gotten out of your car and walked through there, it's a pretty expansive piece of property. Um, the developer, uh, which is Flaherty Builders from Mokina, would purchase the whole property 
and then they would from the village and then they would um, knock down all the buildings on there and then develop it into 16 townhomes um, that are ranch style this is intended for the empty nester audience and they would be um you know bedroom master bedroom and uh uh, laundry, everything on one level. Some of them, uh, there are two level floor plans as well, which would include an extra bedroom up top, um, basements and uh, screen porches. And because it's an interesting uh, layout on the lot, it's not you know uh, perfectly rectangular or perfectly square. Um, there's some pretty generous backyard spaces. Some of them have uh, different sizes, but it's just a pretty big piece of property that you'll be able to nestle these townhouses in there. A lot of planting, a lot of landscaping, a lot of green space. Um, and the developer uh, has indicated that he thinks a price point of about $415,000 for townhouses that are, depending on your model, between 1700 and 2100 square feet. So real nice homes for people. So these are higher end homes. Because the yes. first thing that I always think of when I see a development like this, whenever you see attached homes, I, I've lived on the West Coast, I've lived East, I've lived here in, in Chicago, I grew up on the South Side, I've lived in several different areas with a lot of different demographics around the country. And I was a 911 dispatcher. There are developments with attached homes that are beautiful, that you know people move in there, retirees, and then there are developments with attached homes that the police are there three times a day. So I think that's probably the first thing that maybe somebody would say, what kind of development is it? You're telling me over $400,000 per home we're that's going to be moving in, the, in there. This would be the be beautiful development These category. The, this is yeah. the fancy ones. Yeah. And, you know, there's similar, um, I mean, obviously townhomes are very popular. You hear local, you know, my friends with their parents or local residents saying, oh, you know, they, they didn't want their house anymore. Um, sick of taking care of it. Um, so they sold it and they moved to a townhome development in Orland, a townhome development in Tinley, a townhome development in Payless Park. So we believe there is a big demand for this. And there are, are people who don't want their big home and all the cares and worries that go with that. But they don't want to move as far as Orland or Tinley or Payless because their families are here, their kids are here, their grandkids are here, and they'd rather be closer. So it's 16. So we do believe there is a market for, um, you know, it's a fairly small percentage of residential real estate that transfers there's every not year. A lot, there's not a lot of real estate. We had Laura Kelly no. on here, I want to say a little over a month ago. You can go back and listen to that show on demand. And she was the highest by volume uh, real estate dealer of the last year. And she came on and talked about Evergreen Park real estate for a half hour on this show. You can listen to it anytime you want to. Like I said, she talked about how right now there's so much demand to get into this area that you almost don't even need to fix up your house as much as you used to. Like you could basically right. sell it as is and get a high end price because people want to get into Evergreen Park. And Flaherty Builders did um, quite a bit of market research and analysis when they were coming up with, you know, whether this was a feasible project at that at that uh, price point. And um, we've had anecdotal feedback from local realtors that that they believe that there's a um, that there's a, a need for it and a market for it. And, you know, specifically that they have clients who kind of want to get rid of the big house, but they don't feel like there's anywhere close enough for them to move. And that 
those types of folks would be, you know, really interested in this type of development. That is the number two most listened to moment of 2022 on the EP podcast. And the number one moment is brought to you by SidSauce.net. Hot sauces with peppers grown in Evergreen Park, sauces developed and bottled in Evergreen Park, and then delivered to your door in Evergreen Park and the surrounding area for free. It's the only hot sauce I use. See everything they make, they create. They're always putting something new and exciting out there. I'm always impressed by it. It's at SidSauce.net. On February 11th, the EP podcast had its biggest episode of the year. Jacob Doc Mathias, the former principal of Queen of Martyrs, he was let go of his position because he decided to take the mask off of kids before the archdiocese wanted to do so. It was the beginning of the end of the kids covering up their faces in school and another step of coming out of the pandemic. And this episode of the EP podcast was shared all over the country and comes in as the most listened to moment of 2022. I feel like you had a massive impact. Do you feel that way? I, I truly do not, Chris. Um, if I really, if I felt like I had kind of stirred a movement, I, I, I would, uh, I would say so. But I, I, I do question that. But in some small way, uh, at least I was able to touch the the people that depend on me. They depend on me to do the right thing. You know, there's a. Uh, uh, axiom in uh, in education. It, I think it's actually legal doctrine in, in local parentis. It, it means that when when parents turn their kids over to their administrators and teachers at their school, the teachers, because of the absence of their parents, become their parents. And it's something that I've taken my my whole my whole educational life I've taken very, very seriously. And there I am. I'm, I'm their dad. I'm, I'm their, I'm their dad there. And, uh, I, I, I've watched the struggles and I'm not going to throw a blanket over everybody, but there were kids that were struggling. The, uh, the, the difficulties that are rising more and more in, uh, developing speech patterns and, and, uh, the, the uh, rising rate of speech impediments, the, uh, the social emotional aspect. I, I got to the point, Chris, where I just I felt I I had to do something. This this little nobody principal in this small school in Evergreen Park, Illinois. Who? How how can I expect that this is going to draw any attention? I wasn't looking for the attention. I just did what I thought I had to do for my kids and for their parents. So what did you see that made you feel comfortable with the idea that these kids could take their mask off inside of the school and that the, the restrictions were worse than the actual virus? I can point to a poignant moment um, some weeks ago, perhaps, perhaps a month, uh, that, really, that really crystallized it in my mind. In addition to everything that I just talked about with the, the social-emotional uh, difficulties and the, and the speech difficulties. I was uh, uh, just exiting my office um, and uh, forgive me, I can't remember uh, if it was a pre-K class or kindergarten, my kindergarten class. Um, They were down near my office uh, for the restroom break and I saw a beautiful little girl 
comes out of the restroom to get in line with her with her classmates, and she didn't have her mask on yet. And and Chris, I I looked at her, and I didn't know who it was. Yeah. She she put her mask on, and I knew her immediately. And I said, "Oh dear God, <laughs> I think I think, in addition to everything else that I'm hearing, I'm reading, something's got to change." And 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 I I would I would never point fingers at the good folks at the archdiocese, but if they're guilty of anything, in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion, personal opinion, the the thing that they were guilty of is. There, there's no cookie cutters and educators should understand that there is, there are no cookie cutters. Every situation individually and collectively is different. I thought the mistake that they made was not giving each school the autonomy to make a call for their community, for their specific demographic. And I, I think they failed in that regard. And there you have it, the top five most listened to episodes, moments on the EP podcast in 2022. Who knows what 2023 will bring? And I want to thank you for subscribing to the show and being with us in 2023. This show will reach its five-year anniversary in Evergreen Park. I can't even begin to believe it's been five years. But we are having a party right here at Open Outcry at 109th and Western with John Brand, my friend. What do you do? What does a John Brand do during the Christmas season? I sleep in. Yeah? And I usually won't put my pants on until afternoon. You have something on, though, right? Or... I'll wear a robe. Oh, but the, nothing else. Just nothing a robe. Else. Just a just a like, robe. Don't jump on Dad's lap for Christmas and yell at Mary. <laughs> like that's a bad idea in your house. That's what you're. No, telling it's me. my opportunity to sleep in <laughs> and not put my pants on until I have to go to my in-laws' house. Oh, you got to go to the in-laws' house. I love my in-laws, so it's okay. Uh, I won't put my pants on until 15 minutes before we head over to their house. Oh, all right, good for you. Yeah, yeah. I would never put them on for my in-laws. That's. <laughs> uh, it's it's like a deterrent, John. That's how I that's how I do things. Okay, okay. 109th and Western Open Outcry. Uh, they are the brewery for Evergreen Park. John Brand, so supportive of everything happening in EP, and uh, I'm glad I got to see you during the holidays. Yeah, thanks for coming in tonight, man. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad you're a Mug Club member and you joined us tonight. Thank well, you. Well, I, I like the mugs. I'm a, I'm a big Mug Club guy. You are, I always yeah. feel bad because my mug is so high. They have to climb a ladder to get to it. I always feel <laughs> terrible. You know? You're still a member of an exclusive club. Thanks for coming in, man. Merry Christmas, and I enjoyed working with you the last the last this last year and i'm looking forward to 2023 thank you john merry christmas yeah. to you thank you look at all those people in this great suburb driving down 95th and ked z what a great place it's called evergreen park but we know it better as the ep we're known for more than just the unabomber remember ted kaczynski you guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why. Because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 608-05. It's the EP podcast. 
all things Evergreen Park. It's the EP Podcast. Evergreen Park. <laughs>